And like gazpacho is cold. I also don't think you can have cereal in a can. Are skates shoes? No, they're skates. Hot dogs are also not shoes. Oh my god. Oh. Dude. Welcome to Things That Got Rock, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. So I've spent the last, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours playing Tetris 99, trying to sharpen my brain and get ready for tonight. So is after your self-confessed doping? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I had iced coffee much earlier in the evening in order to achieve maximum uh, performance. So here's hoping for a good round. <laughs> maximum performance. It's like the um, like protein powder uh, for your brain. <laughs> I can get in on that. <laughs> you put kale in water? I have extremely strong feelings against kale. <laughs> it smells awful when you cut it. I mean, I guess I would technically take Soylent over kale on water. Also, but... Stu, you just admitted that you've never seen Civil War, so it's a similar process. Two people fight over a very <laughs> common thing they're trying to accomplish. In the movie, it's also Iron Man and Captain America, Soylent versus kale. It's a very similar <laughs> premise. Okay. <laughs> At what point? At what point is a shake not just a soup or a cold gazpacho oh soup? <laughs> no, I was going to say, going back to the whole, like, is it a soup or is it a beverage sort of thing? It reminds me of, like, is cereal just a soup? And the, the actual, like, the milk is like a broth, <laughs> right? And then the cereal itself is like croutons or like a topping for it's said like, broth. And, like, gazpacho is cold. Yeah. yeah. So, like, why isn't cereal considered a soup? <laughs> Okay, so milk does not consider, it's not considered like a dairy stock. I also don't think you can have cereal in a can. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, all right. Nope, Ryan, Ryan beat it there. This is going a deep, deep, deep direction I didn't want to go. We could, maybe that's the next big thing is cereal in a can. You know, they got canned bread. I mean, it's tomato soup in water. Not tomato right. stock. It's not tomato stock, but it would be vegetable stock. That would be a, a portion of that. But yeah. tomatoes are a fruit. Okay, <laughs> we can get into the technicalities here. <laughs> so this is episode 19. <laughs> the very 19th episode ever. I will divert us straight away from that. Uh, and we have trivia to get to, four awesome rounds, each with a different theme and style. Uh, and we'll explain as we get there. And we'll vie for all of the kale shakes. In the world. Ooh, I don't no want part will, of that. The, I, oh, okay. I see. <laughs> I am ready. I have been mentally. The one time that I'm like ready to win, my prize is kale. <laughs> <laughs> All that doping for nothing. Yeah. So if you're ready, we'll start as always with general trivia. Round one. Question number one. Buzz in when you know it. Each answer is worth two points. What franchise responded to its infamous lawsuit by saying, quote, thank you for suing us, and quote, the 12% secret recipe is to keep it from tasting boring? Rachel. Rachel. McDonald's? Not McDonald's. 
The franchise responded to its infamous lawsuit by saying, thank you for suing us in quote, 12, the 12% secret recipe is to keep it from tasting boring. Stew. Stew. Burger King? Not Burger King. So I have a question. Yes. When you say franchise, do you like mean like restaurant or do you mean like that it's like a company? I'm, tr- I'm trying to understand what you mean by franchise. What restaurant uh, Rachel? has secrets? Rachel. Taco Bell? Yes, this is Taco Bell. I think oh. it's the meat. It's they, they had a lawsuit about their meat, if I recall. About their meat not actually being beef. And then they responded with, thank you for suing us. Let us explain. Uh, it is made with mostly all beef and a 12% secret recipe that is designed to keep it from tasting boring. Rat meat. <laughs> I can hand make Crunchwrap Supremes, by the way. I know this is diverging, but I can do it, and they're fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Sweet. All right, one point to Rachel there for a half point. Half of the two <laughs> points. We're not getting into half points this game. Okay, question number two. A British cryptic is a more nuanced and difficult version of what? A British cryptic. I have a really stupid answer. All right. Is that a triptych? No. Okay. A British cryptic is a more nuanced and difficult version of what? Stew? Stew. A crossword puzzle? Yes. Nice. F you guys, I was doing crosswords earlier too. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing reps. Uh and I copied one over because I had heard th- about this before and I went to revisit it to see if I could do them. They are stupidly hard. Are they? Like, they they take so much more intuition where the clue almost has no, like, the clue you have to infer like three or four different things about the text in it to then get to almost a completely separate answer. Oh. So I have an example. Because I thought this would be fun. So two points to stew there. But so, for example, if you saw 15D or 15 down, clue is very sad, unfinished story about rising smoke for eight letters. I'm just going to walk you straight through this because there's there's probably no guessing. Um, But the answer is tragical. And it breaks down as follows. So 15D would indicate that the direction is down. So you got that far. Very sad is a definition. So you get tragic or something similar to it. But the way that you come to it is that unfinished story would give you tail. But because it's unfinished, you would only take the T-A-L out of it. You would then add that to the rising smoke gives you R-A-G-I-C or... Because it's rising, you would take cigar, because it's a smoke, and then turn it backwards, so you have R-A-G-I-C. And because it's down and it says rising, you would reverse it. And then the fact that it says a very sad, unfinished story about rising smoke. So like, uh, if you were to think of like about the town or something, you would be inside of the town. So then you take one word and you put it inside the other two, giving you the T, Ragic, A-L, and that's how you determine that the answer to very sad unfinished story about rising smoke is tragical for eight letters. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you do for 
just as many clues as a normal crossword puzzle. And then you go jump off a bridge. (laughs) I've tried a couple times and I have not ever gotten a single one. Oh, I thought you meant you tried to jump off a bridge a couple of times. I'm very concerned about you. Actually, I think we need to have a conversation. (laughs) So the next time you see very sad, unfinished story about rising smoke, you know it is tragical. All right. Two points of stew there. Uh, It was not very tragical. And question number three. The fourth and fifth elements on the periodic table both start with the same letter. Name them both. Stew? Stew. Hydrogen and helium? No, those would be one and two. Oh, okay. (laughs) The fourth and fifth. Rachel? Uh, Rachel. Uh, Nitrogen and neon? Nope. I think neon's like 14? Nine? I don't know. It is a noble gas. Quite noble. (laughs) Hydrogen, helium, lithium, I think. Never did too well in chemistry. Yeah, that was not my... The fourth and fifth start with the same letter. I can give you a clue. All right, so I'll reset so everyone can buzz in if they want to, but uh, the fourth and fifth elements on the periodic table both start with the letter B. Name them both. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. Bromine and barium. Wait, say that again? Bromine and barium. I'm double checking. Uh, no. Okay. That's cool, too. (laughs) Any other guesses? It is... Beryllium and boron. Anyways, learn your first five periodic elements. I'll work on it. Okay. (laughs) All right, question number four. Who was on the first cover of the Rolling Stones magazine appearing in 1967? This picture of him was a still from the film, quote, How I Won the War. Oh, oh, I know what this is. First cover of the Rolling Stones magazine. Rachel. Rachel. Is it Elvis Presley? Not Elvis Presley. Stu? Stu. No, oh God. Um, is it John Lennon? Yes, it is John Lennon. Nice. <laughs> John Lennon, Sweet. 1967, How I Won the War. So certainly famous for his political protests and stuff. And I actually looked this up. I assumed once I heard that, that this was some sort of documentary or something like that. And it was sort of like a tongue in cheek, like how I won the war, the war is over, all that kind of stuff. This was just a film he was in. This is a random film called How I Won the War, <laughs> where he was like a soldier or something like that. But it felt like a good clue to drop in there. So, I believe there's a new parody of that that's coming out that's just 100% ridiculous British humor. Um, really? And it, it looks, at first I wasn't sure if it was serious or not. And then like 20 seconds into seeing the preview, I was like, okay, I get this. Now I understand. <laughs> nice. So yeah, two points to stew there. Question number five. This is a simple one. Name the capital of Djibouti. Stu. <laughs> Stu. Is it Djibouti? Yes, it is Djibouti. <laughs> it is. If you find yourself in Djibouti, Djibouti, you know you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. Sweet. Nice. All right, two points there. <laughs> that doping's paying off. I'm telling you, man, I practiced. <laughs> 
<laughs> question number six, the last question of the round. Counter-Strike, Portal, and Gary's Mod were all stew. started as stew. Uh, oh, God. Uh, orange Box? Not Orange Box. Okay. Uh, Counter-Strike, Portal, and Gary's Mod all started as community build mods for what game series that is still awaiting its much-desired third sequel? It's Half-Life. Orange Box is, you know, very close, but uh, right. not specifically I built off of I, that. Yeah, I should have let you finish the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the first round. If Skype lagged out now and we all dropped the call, Stu would be the de facto winner right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, but Ryan makes the rules, and I'm getting concerned about that. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever to be a sunspot or an EMP... I want it to be right now. <laughs> Stu just needs the infinity gauntlet. Or just there like an go. axe outside at some wires hanging around. <laughs> All right. Round number two. This is a themed round. And this round is actors who turn down iconic roles. So I have six questions, all um, contextualizing and giving you clues about a specific actor who actually turned down a very iconic role, uh, as well as some descriptors. Uh, you have to give me the name of the role specifically. Uh, and there shouldn't be any issue with like, uh, they should all be iconic enough that they're pretty obvious, the role okay. versus the movie or TV show or vice versa. Um, but as a template, I could give you something like, well, Smith was the first choice for this sci-fi lead, but turned it down saying it's a difficult concept to pitch. I just didn't see it. Instead, Smith went on to star that year in the action comedy Wild Wild West. It's ne the role of Neo. Uh, and then follows that. I watched Keanu's performance, and very rarely do I say this, but I would have messed it up. At this point, I wasn't smart enough as an actor to just let the movie be. So you would have to tell me Neo... Or the Matrix. So, okay. Cool. Question number one. And these are fairly long. Uh, feel free to call out when you know it, but uh, th these are fairly long clues. Um, Sean Connery was the studio's first pick for this role. Connery declined, stating, I read the book, I read the script, I saw the movie, I still don't understand it. The actor who did take on this role was nominated for an Oscar for his efforts and said... His films would have been very different if it had been Sean Connery. The character would have come for Scotland for a start. Oh, uh, Rachel. Rachel. Braveheart. Not Braveheart. Oh, Rachel. Oh, wait. No, never mind. He played this role. Never mind. Okay. That was the whole clue. Sean Can you, what, what was the person's quote when they said, like, if Sean Connery had done yeah. this, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just read the whole thing again. Sean Connery was the studio's first pick for this role. Connery declined, stating, quote, I read the book. I read the script. I saw the movie. I still don't understand it. The actor who did take this role was nominated for an Oscar for his efforts and later said, quote, the films would have been very different if it had been Sean Connery. Gandalf. Nice. Oh I, God. I actually did think Lord of the Rings, but I was not sure what role he would have been playing. Yeah, I did try to keep that pretty strict to say I read the book. Which, right. as Rachel attests, it is very much one book. Uh, it is and actually then, one book. <laughs> uh, yeah. Films would have been very different if it had been Sean Connery. Quote, the character would have come from Scotland for a start. 
<laughs> All right, that would be Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, uh, Sean Connery being the first choice, then later going to Sir Ian McKellen. Question number two. The role of this title character was originally intended for Tom Selleck, who was leading a huge hit TV show, Magnum P.I., in 1980, or throughout the 1980s. At this time, the show was reluctant to let their star perform in a movie that was obviously destined to be a huge mega hit with a huge iconic actor. Uh, and later, this mustachioed actor was forced to choose between the two roles and decided to honor his original commitment to the TV show. That's it. Rachel? Rachel. Is it 1980? Yes. Well, of that era, uh, I don't have the specific year of the movie. Is it The Godfather? Not The Godfather. Also, Tom Selleck is a... Magnum P.I. was like a Maya, or a Hawaii-based... I know undercover. Magnum P.I. Okay. Right. And, I, role, and I can picture Tom Selleck. You could certainly try. <laughs> the role of this title character is originally intended for Tom Selleck, who is leading the hit TV show Magnum P.I. at the time. The show was reluctant to let their star perform in a movie that was obviously destined to be a mega hit uh, with a, in leading him to be a huge iconic star. Uh, so that for the movie, so this mustache character actor, sorry, was forced to choose between the two roles, decided to honor his original commitment to the TV show. Can I guess? Stu? Oh, go ahead. Stu. Terminator? Not Terminator. All right, Rachel. Just because you said it was of the kind of era, and I know when the first one came out, I'm going to guess Star Wars. Not Star Wars. Didn't the first one come out in 70? The first one, I think, came out in 79. May May 20th, 1977, I think. Any other guesses? I mean, I might as well just take a shot in the dark. Is it Scarface? Not Scarface. So this movie came out in 1981. Uh, Mark, you're actually on the right track about maybe being Han Solo. Uh, this was actually a different Harrison Ford film. Oh, it was man. Indiana Jones. Oh, nice. Originally, Tom Selleck was tapped to play it. All right, no points there. Question number three. Hugh Jackman declined to be considered for taking on this reprised role around the time of the first X-Men movie. Later, the actor said that he had turned down taking on this dapper role out of fear that being typecast as the inaction hero would limit his opportunities in the future. Can you repeat that? Yeah. So I also say with all of these, if there's a movie clue, it's generally to give you a year or very close to a year um, right. simultaneous with the other film that you need to know if right. that helps. Uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman declined to be considered for taking on this reprised role around the time of the first X-Men movie. Later, the actor said that he had turned down taking on this dapper role out of fear that being typecast as the action hero would limit his opportunities in the future. Oh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Um, oh, um, 007. Yes. Nice. Okay. You said dapper. So. That's, yeah, that's what I was trying to piece together. Yes, he was uh, originally one of the first considered, in a, I believe, in a group of actors being considered, but declined it uh, in lieu, which uh, eventually went to, um, I forgot his name, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, yeah, claiming that uh, he didn't want to be complete, always cast as the action hero. 
And he was, I mean, he was in Les Mis, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. All right. Two points to Rachel there. Nice job. Question number four. Paul Giamatti was the first choice to play this bumbling role, but didn't want to do TV after the critical success of his movie Sideways in 2004. A decade later, Giamatti would lead roles on TV for John Adams and HBO hit Billions. And his replacement would go on to do many movie films. I can expand a little bit, but I think it's going to be a dead giveaway. Paul Giamatti was the first choice to play this bumbling role, but didn't want to do TV after the critical success of his movie Sideways in 2004. A decade later, Giamatti would be leading roles on TV for John Adams and the hit HBO show Billions, and his replacement would go on to be a movie star in its own right. So iconic mid-2000s TV role. Say a decade later, Giamatti would lead roles on TV for John Adams in the HBO hit Billions, and his replacement would go on to be a movie star in films like The Big Short, Anchorman, and The Way, Way Back. The Big Short. I've seen The Big Short. Um, is it um, Rachel? Yeah. Is it Steve Carell? What's the role? I don't know the role. <laughs> you don't know yeah, the role? No, now I know who it is. Oh, wait, Rachel, I do know it. I do know it. Can will you let me or what is it? It's the office. What's the role? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Paul Giamatti was the first choice to play Michael Scott in the American Office, uh, but did not want to do TV because uh, TV was not looked very favorably until kind of the Netflix and before that Breaking Bad and stuff like that, which really led a lot of actors in but uh yeah michael scott in the office all right question number five daniel day lewis was the director's personal choice for this role even before nicholas cage was also offered the role both declined citing the strenuous distance and length of the filming schedule can you imagine hearing the line, quote, by nightfall these hills will be swarming with orcs while screaming oh, with everything on fire Rachel. Rachel. It went to Viggo Mortensen. Yes. In and this one is in the Fellowship. What's the role? It, it's. I know. It's what Aragorn. She does it. Yes. <laughs> nice job. I I, I did. <laughs> just struggling. Yes, Aragorn, the uh, the human fighter, human king. Would it have been better if Nicolas Cage was Aragorn screaming with everything on fire? Aragorn. Ar Aragorn, sorry. With a bunch of bees on his face. <laughs> All right, two points to Rachel there. <laughs> question number six, the last question of the round. This classic role was initially offered to John Travolta. He declined the part in 1995. His movie, Pulp Fiction, went on to win one Oscar that year, while this movie took home six. Travolta has since admitted that passing on this role was one of the biggest mistakes of his career. This classic role in 1995. Classic role was initially offered to John Travolta. Declined in 1995, and he took Pulp Fiction in that year. Went on to win one Oscar, while this movie took home six. No guesses at all. Nope. 
Man, I was... I don't even have memories from that year. Neither does this character, but... (laughs) 1995 Oscars. I don't know of any other year in Oscars history, and I don't know that much about movies, but this one is one burned into your brain forever. All right. Coming back from war. Bumbling classic role. Tom Hanks. Oh. Not giving points away at this point. But I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think this is worth any points. <laughs> this but. would be Forrest Gump, the ah. classic role that swept the Oscars in ninety six or ninety-five. All right. Tough round. But did okay, fared through it. Yeah. It is neck and neck. There is no one holding down the fort. It is blowing away in the wind. Oh no. Oh no. I'll go back and hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round number three. This is when we're bringing back. This is triple rhyme time, where yeah. I will give you oh, no. a sentence with three rhyming words as the answer. Uh, and you have to give me those words. So, as a template question, if I were to say uh, the heavy feline wearing a fedora. That cat hat. Yes. Yep, that oh gosh, cat I'm hat. So bad at these. I'm so bad at these. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Atop the church, there's a group of board game piece humans. Oh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel? Do you need them in a certain order? I, knew, I do know all no, of them. No, not necessarily. It's the Steeple Meeple people. Yes. <laughs> it's the Steeple Meeple people. What where does Meeple come Meeples from? are the little names for like little block characters, like the characters in like Candyland or whatever that you would oh. bounce around the board. They're called Meeples. Cool. Two points to Rachel for Steeple Meeple people. Woo. Question number two. Some spooky, family friendly witchcraft is brewing. If you concentrate hard enough. Some spooky, family friendly witchcraft is brewing. If you concentrate hard enough. Stew. Stew. Uh, hocus Pocus Focus? Yes. Oh, nice. I, yeah, I wasn't sure. Because Family Friendly was like, okay, is it Hocus Pocus the movie? Like, right. Or is it something else that I'm missing there for words? Okay, cool. Nice. Hocus Pocus Focus. Question, or two points to Stew there. Question number three. One's specifically manufactured but peculiar whiskers. I'm going to say we're going to start getting a little more challenging here, but one specifically manufactured, but peculiar whiskers. I could say one specifically manufactured, but peculiar facial whiskers. Silence, 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 all rhyme together. (laughs) No. Specifically manufactured, but peculiar facial whiskers. Uh, I'll give you a hint. The next few have at least one word uh, that have maybe some extra syllables in them. It still rhymes, but they don't necessarily all have the same syllable count. Specifically manufactured, but but peculiar facial whiskers. I mean, yeah, like I have two of them, but specifically manufactured. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to assume you guys both have the 
the engineered weird beard. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh my gosh! Question number four: the quote very sad wizardry by this non-conforming one of a kind. The very sad wizardry by this non-conforming one of a kind. I have two of them. The very sad wizardry by this non-conforming one of a kind. I need something that rhymes with the other two. (laughs) Tell me your other two and I'll help you. (laughs) Uh, I'll give you a small hint that um, the very sad wizardry and then the whole by this non-conforming one of a kind is one term. By this non-conforming one of a kind is one of the words. I suppose we can delve into one point for two, but if multiple people have it, it's kind of hard to get to that point. Yeah. Well, I have two of them. All right. If you want to go for one. I have tragic magic. Yes. So very sad. If you recall from earlier, tragic wizardry is magic. And this non-conforming one of a kind would be a maverick. Oh. Tragic magic maverick. Told you the last few are a little different, but one point to Rachel. Question number five. Or the place we watched while intellectually adding to our online shopping bag. Or the place we watched while intellectually adding to our online shopping bag. I have two. You want to take one point? I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I want. I want to know what the. All right. It's. I mean, it's smart cart. Yes. So I yeah, want to figure out that first part real bad. Intellectually adding to our shopping bag. So I had to replace a word, but or the place we watched, or the ramparts we watched. It is the rampart smart cart. Oh, okay. I would not have gotten that. So no, ramparts are just like the walking areas. <laughs> One point to stew there. Question number six, last question of the round. The 151th, or sorry, the 151st <laughs> creation, slightly off that. kilter, <laughs> sitting down to talk and be questioned. The 151st creation, slightly off kilter, sitting down to talk and be questioned. Stew? Stew. Oh man, I hope this is right. Uh, the Mew Skew Q? Uh, I think I got two of them. Oh, Mewtwo Skew Q? Stu, the one part you should be able to figure out is the 151. Right. Uh, I mean, I'll give you one point there, but sitting down to talk and be questioned would be the Mew Skew interview. Oh, interview. Okay. I would say it is way more fun than it is good, but it is really, really fun. Sweet. And the world, yeah, the world with Pokemon living in it is, is really fun. I love, there's so much stuff in the background. Like there's so many good, probably Easter eggs that have to look after the fact. It was like Pidgeys are everywhere, but aren't they supposed are to be everywhere. My companion in Let's Go Pikachu is a Growlithe. So. <laughs> You're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. Still the seeing. It's adorable. Yeah, see like Pidgeys and stuff flying and then like on at the street markets, like the Pad Thai cooks with Charmander tails as the heat source is so good. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the third round. 
going oh. into the final round. Cutting it close here. Don't fourth. joke. I don't want to crate it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The fourth round is Family Feud, where I have six questions yes. taken from the Family Feud yes. game. Uh, how we're going to do this is we're going to go... Um, through each person so a person will uh give their answer and then you will have the option to guess and try to get an answer that is higher uh if you get <laughs> the answer right away you will get two points if you get if you're the highest after every person goes you'll get one point uh we will start with rachel as the first guess so top five answers and I don't have the actual numbers, but I do have them in order. So I have them as A, B, C, D, E, as opposed to like 70 people said this, 20 said this. Um, but top five answers. Rachel, name a Johnny Depp movie everyone has seen. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean is number two. Oh. Uh, Stu. Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> oh, Johnny. Oh, my God. I was thinking of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Holy crap. Not on the board. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands <laughs> was the highest. Uh, yeah, name a Johnny Depp movie everybody has seen. Edward Scissorhands, Pirates of the Caribbean, Sleepy Hollow, Blow, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So this was at least past 2005, I think. Stu, you're next. Stu, name something you are smarter about now than you were when you were a teenager. Finances. Uh, yes, I will say money is the number one answer on the board. Sweet. So I will actually give you two points there for the number yes. one right away. That, that'll make up for Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> so name something you're smarter about now than when you were a teenager. Money, life, relationships, driving, and drinking. Question number three. Name someone who makes money off of giving advice. Uh, Rachel. Name someone who makes money off of giving advice. Lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah, sorry, I didn't hear you. Yes, lawyer is number one. Playing the strengths a little bit. Uh, yeah, name someone who makes money off of giving advice. Lawyer, therapist, doctor, financial planner, and fortune teller. Oh. <laughs> so, question number four, Rachel. This goes back to you. Name a food that has layers. Lasagna. Lasagna is number two on the board. <laughs> Bloody hell! It goes to me. Cake. Cake is number one on the board. <laughs> so my first thought was actually onions. Thank you, Shrek, for burning <laughs> my brain. <laughs> Stu gets one point there. Uh, yeah, name a food that has layers. Cake, lasagna, onion, pizza. Oh, shit. I guess pizza has layers and sandwich. What about parfaits? It was probably sick. What it was certainly trifle? six. What about burgers? Certainly also number six. They all tied for six. I'm... Question number five uh, actually goes to Stu. Name a sport that you can't compete in while wearing shoes. Uh, swimming? <laughs> yes. Swimming is the number one answer on the board. So that's going to be two points of stew. 
Name a sport you can't compete in while wearing shoes. That would be swimming, gymnastics, hockey, martial arts, and beach volleyball. Are skates shoes? Hockey, technically. <laughs> no, they're skates. Hot dogs are also not shoes. <laughs> For the last question of the game, name a card or board game that many families play together. Monopoly is the number one answer on the board. Uh, name a card or board game that families play together. Monopoly, Scrabble, Clue, Spades, and Cranium. All right, that is the end of the game. Do taking it home with oh my god points. <laughs> oh, dude! <laughs> Don't There's it fireworks out. going off in my basement right now. Oh my god! <laughs> Still running you. away with the game. It's about damn time. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You can thank you can thank Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Iron Man. Nice job. This is actually a pretty high scoring game, so it's a good one. That was yeah, that was nice really good. job. All right. That is the end of the game. Congrats, Stu. Thank you. This year, like we've been doing, we want to uh, give out some picks at the end of the show. Each episode, a couple of us give out a movie game experience or something cool that we would recommend you check out. Uh, Rachel, you have a pick. Yeah, so I figured I would talk about um, one of my favorite books. I'm a book person, I'm a nerd, and I'm very proud of it. Um, so I've talked about The Name of the Wind. It's gotten big in the last few years. I read it first in 2010 when it had recently come out. It was one book I took with myself to abroad to France, and I had my one English book all year. And um, this was it. It's a very good high fantasy novel. Almost as good as Lord of the Rings. Almost. <laughs> it's still very, very good. I highly recommend it. It is high fantasy, hero's journey, um, but very relatable. Um, basically, journey of a hero through his own eyes. And very good. Nice. Um, I can totally vouch for this. This is easily my favorite book series as well. Uh I think I I bought the first one in, yeah, like 2011, but I don't think I read it until like kind of a little bit later. I didn't fully get into it until Rachel had also reminded me to get back on it. But um, Name of the Wind and this series is the King Killer Chronicles. And it is it is fantastic. Um, and they're actually a TV show is in production and it is... Um, no, I don't know who... I don't know if a TV... Sh it's Amazon, I think. Amazon might have Amazon. a play on it. I don't know if it's actually sold to anybody yet, but uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is actually the creative director attached to it, and there's a lot of music that plays a part in it, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the books, if you get a chance to read them, I, yeah, I, I agree. Could not, um, could not agree more. It is. I always say that it's, it's a book... That, like Rachel said, it's it's spoken through one person's story. It's basically a story of this boy, young man who's been through a whole lot, who's recounting the story, and it's his version of the story, and that actually plays into it. Like every little bit that is foreshadowing is in a major way. There's so much. There's so many literary elements throughout the book. The storytelling that goes through it. Um, you know, it's really that like. Every lie has a lot of truth in it, and every truth is just one person's 
take on it. Um, it is it is a book that you can scour the pages and you know the Reddit forums and stuff like that have certainly like scoured the pages front and back looking for clues and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, yeah, if you want to get into it, the King Killer Chronicles is a very good way to go by uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Not to uh, commandeer that pick, but definitely my favorite. I as mean. Well. So, uh, I also have a pick. I am going to pick a product for the first time, I think. This is uh, something I bought. I'm actually going to pick my headphones. These are the uh, Bose QC35 noise-canceling headphones, uh, which ever since I've purchased them, I have said multiple times, and I hold true that these may be the single most important things I've ever purchased outside of maybe my laptop itself to work. I wear them literally every single day. Uh, the noise canceling is fantastic, whether you're on like planes or on a commute or whatever, or just while working. It they work phenomenally well. Um, they're very expensive. They're three hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars, uh, so they're not cheap. Uh, and it, I definitely waited a long time to buy them because I didn't think they were going to be worth the cost. And now I know if I ever lost them or they broke, I would do whatever I could to buy another pair as soon as possible. Uh, I literally wear them like every single day. Um, the Bluetooth works fantastic. Uh, they pair really easily. They're really comfortable and they, the battery lasts for days. Um, so, uh, you know, it works really well. Uh, I, I know it's one of those things you kind of have to be on the fence about. Like I, I understand why you, you know, you'd be, not sure about buying them like i said i i waited a long time but i would you know if you can if you're interested you would highly recommend them i like i said i would literally replace them as soon as possible if i had to uh those are the bose qc35 noise canceling headphones and you can find deals on them periodically for a little under 300 what's that To to jump onto this i don't own a pair but i live with ryan and we have very loud upstairs neighbors and we live in downtown Chicago and it is loud. And he wears them like 99% of the time. And I can tell they work. They do make earbud versions. I can't vouch for them, but supposedly they work pretty well as well and have decent noise canceling. But the big over-the-ear cans, um, yeah, if you can handle them. Yeah. Yeah, the cans. <laughs> uh, are amazing. No, I'm wearing a different pair because these plug in better. These are more studio grade, but... i do like headphones and i wear those every single day pretty much so that's my pick uh and if you're listening and have a pick uh we would like to actually shout it out and talk about it uh so email it to things i got wrong at gmail.com you can also find the website things i got wrong.com check out episodes past past episodes show notes and more uh and our next episode will be around may 30th and congratulations Stu. thank you Nice job. Thanks. It was all that juicing. No (laughs) longer holding down the fort. Right. It's hard for any sports team to go back to back. Even harder in trivia. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Until next time, we'll see everybody later. Bye, everyone.